Heartburn. 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 Created by the University of Hartford Humanities Center Student Fellows. Merriam-Webster's definition of healthy is enjoying good health and free from disease. Today, I'm here with my friend Maddie Dalton, a junior musical theater major in the Hart School of Music. And I asked Maddie if she could speak about the right way to be healthy because healthy living, I know, is something that Maddie is super passionate about. So Maddie, do you want to start us off? Absolutely. So maybe just from hearing this little intro, um, listeners might be expecting me to say that there's a specific diet plan or something that is the right way to be healthy. That's actually exactly what I'm not about. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that the right way to be healthy is, and I don't even necessarily know if the right way is the right way to put it, (laughs) but it's about taking account for your mental health Mm -hmm. and really making sure that you are balanced and being kind to yourself rather than thinking specifically about the food that you put into your body or how many times you work out per week. So I suffered with an eating disorder my freshman year of college, and I have been in recovery for a little over a year and a half now. And throughout that, I learned a lot of lessons about what health really means. And what it didn't mean for me was eating a specific number of calories per day and working out five times a week and planning all my meals out. Now, what I think is healthy is that I do eat cookies and donuts and ice cream, but I also like vegetables and I cook at home and I only exercise when it feels good to me. Sleeping is really important. Um, Going to therapy has been really important for me mental health wise to, you know, overcome the eating disorder and just general life things. I think anyone could go to a therapist and that's a huge part that would help them with their mental health. It's really thinking of all the ways in which you can balance your life so that you are living your life to the fullest and thinking of who you want to be rather than I have to look a certain way or I have to work out this many times a week so that I live longer but you're really feeling really unsatisfied with that. You were talking about your freshman year, how you struggled with an eating disorder. Were there any things that were kind of, I don't want to say encouraging you, but almost like your environment, there wasn't anything like stopping you necessarily. Like people were like, oh yeah, you're eating in a healthy way. So you didn't even think anything of it? Absolutely. I think it all, I mean, I grew up eating all organic food and because my family, I thankfully is privileged enough to do so. So I grew up around all of that kind of stuff. I got really into cooking at a young age. So I was already kind of on that path, but it got exacerbated when I got to heart because there is a big culture of needing to look a certain way to be a stage performer. Mm -hmm. And we are all given a speech right when we get here as freshmen at orientation by one of the people in our program saying that we need to work out, get fit, and that kind of stuff. Over that summer eating quote unquote, really healthy because I'd cut sugar out of my diet and I'd cut all these things out and I was slowly adding them back in, but I didn't really add them back in. I was still Mm -hmm. trying to be quote unquote good. And that was definitely also setting me up for the eating disorder thing. But that talk at the beginning of freshman year kind of made me think, oh, I don't exercise. Like, I don't like to do that. I just like to dance. And we only take ballet as freshmen. So I figured that wasn't enough. So Mm -hmm. I forced myself to start going to the gym. And at first, I didn't really know what I was doing. And then over winter break, I kind of had a body image crisis. And then I came back and things got really serious where I was working out five times a week and I was tracking my calories and I was absolutely miserable. And I had no friends my freshman year. Mm -hmm. But because of what the program was saying, 
it encouraged me. It made me think that what I was doing was the right thing. Yeah. And people around me were always talking about going to the gym and who is good about going to the gym in our class and who is not. And yeah. I also got really influenced by like YouTube and social mm-hmm. media. That was definitely enabling me. And it's all these things that people said, oh, you're being healthy. You're, you're focusing on being a strong woman. You're focusing on muscle mass. Yeah. But in reality, it was all rooted in this societal ideal. And it was promoting pretty actually disordered behaviors without calling them that. Yeah, I totally understand the social media thing. Even on my social media on um, Instagram, if you go to the Explore page, there's always, like, these beautiful models. I mean, it, like, doesn't affect me because I, I, like, just, you know, I'm like, okay, that's them. That's how they look. Mm -hmm. I look like this. I, like, try not to. But, I mean, when I was younger in high school, like, that, oh, my gosh, that was drilled into my head that, like, I need to look like that. Or the thigh gap phase. Everyone is, like, obsessed with thigh gaps. Scientifically, not everybody is made for that. Like, not everybody Most, like, 90 of the overwhelming majority of women are not supposed to have a thigh gap. Yeah. Um, And that's also something with the little, like, pooch in the lower belly for people who are uh, assigned female at birth. It's actually a layer of fat to protect our uterus. And no one is taught that. Yeah, um, no. But that's so people freak out a lot about stomach. That was my main thing is I wanted to get rid of my stomach. I wanted to have abs. And that I feel like is one of the big trends. People I was talking about people who are thick and that's its own, <laughs> it's, its own problem. But the whole standard is to look like the Jenners and the Kardashians, like yep. tiny waist, thick thighs. Yep. And the so the tiny waist was something that I really wanted, but I could never get it because I'm first of all, not genetically predisposed to have that. I'm genetically, no matter what size I'm at, predisposed to have more fat on my stomach than I am anywhere else. And even when I lost weight during my eating disorder and I was at my lowest adult weight, I still had some a little bit of fat on my stomach. I never could have achieved abs, like absolutely in no way, unless I was severely underweight and yeah. sick and not okay, could I have had abs. Um, but some so many people are trying to focus on like that lower ab region, but really mm-hmm. your body needs fat to protect itself. Yeah. And that's another reason why, you know, maybe not everyone is predisposed to be a super small person. We all yeah. have different genetic blueprints that help us develop fat where we need to because fat can protect our organs. It's good for our brain and it's good for our overall health and hormone levels. So that's just one of the many things I've yeah. <laughs> learned. <laughs> I went to a theater camp actually in high school. And there was a, the, it was one of the camp leaders. She was like the most phenomenal dancer I've ever met in mm-hmm. my life. And she didn't have the stereotypic dancer body shape. And that was her biggest, yeah, that was her biggest goal was to get everyone in that room to understand that you do not need to look a certain way to achieve the same goals that everyone else is that has the stereotypic body type, you know? That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. It was, and it there was are really a few uh, dancers just like that at heart, actually, yeah. who are, some of the girls who are in All Shook Up who are featured are not your typical, some of them are really tall. Some of them are a lot, are definitely not a size two. And I yeah. don't say that any way to shame them because I mean what what am I about you know I'm I'm about celebrating all body types but they maybe some other programs or some other people like casting directors I don't know for sure but I could assume that some who have some pretty toxic ideals would write them off but they're Mm. just so compelling to watch on stage and they are so good at what they do and their size has nothing to do with their ability to do it well or to look phenomenal on stage because they light up the stage and their movement quality is really what shines. So I think that's so important that you had that experience because it just goes to show you that even for things that we consider, oh, well, maybe normal people can look a certain way, but athletes have to look a certain way or dancers have to look a certain way or actors have to look a certain way. They really don't. You can do anything. It's all about your capability rather than what you look like. There's a musical called Come From Away. So for listeners who don't know what this musical is about, it's a relatively newer musical. Mm -hmm. I think it's like two years old. And it's about um, 
9-11, but it's not based in America. It's actually based in Canada. And it talks about how they were very welcoming to people who were in planes at the time of 9-11 and had to do an emergency landing. Um, And it's a really great musical. And honestly, I don't think a single cast member in that musical is the stereotypic size two. They're they're realistic. Absolutely. And I think that's like the coolest thing because there are other musicals that are very, you know, like everyone's a certain body type and stuff. But like that one, they're like, we just want people who can play the part. Don't even care about Mm -hmm. looks. And I I thought that was really cool that they were trying to be super realistic with that. Absolutely. I totally agree. I love Come From Away. And actually, (laughs) that was something my mom said after we left theater too. Because she noticed that. Because the women, a lot of the women in the show are the same age as her. Yeah. So she actually could see women with not only her body, but her own age age on stage which was really cool um because my mom obviously is a 50 something year old woman (laughs) doesn't get as much representation like that because we already know older women are not as represented in tv and film unless they're like Meryl Streep Glenn Close (laughs) um and then at that they're always meeting some sort of beauty standard still because that's the only way they can quote-unquote keep their careers going as far as social media goes makes you look at your body a certain way but at the same time are there like certain like sites or certain pages on social media that you personally know of that are kind of no like don't listen to that like be this way I do I follow so many accounts I basically had to do a social media cleanse (laughs) you get rid of every fitness person who makes you feel bad about yourself and oftentimes a lot of the people who are promoting positivity or promoting body positivity are actually pretty fake about it it's just to get likes and views or it's just to say oh I'm positive because maybe I'm a size four and I have thick thighs Mm -hmm. but they still work out and they still eat only a certain number of calories and they promote gym webs and that kind of stuff so I've had to do a lot of like really looking at who I follow one of my favorite people I follow is on Instagram is at holy healed so whole like the word whole so it starts with the w and she is uh, a registered dietitian or nutritionist or something like I don't remember her exact qualifications but she talks about that she talks about hormones she talks about body image. She talks about sexual empowerment for women. She pulls it all into one, and she her posts are literally mind-blowing to me. Wow. And she can also hook you up with further resources of who to follow, who not to follow, because if we, I would be sitting here all day if I went through my Instagram <laughs> feed and told you everyone who I follow, but her name is Jess Rothley. She, I think she is probably my favorite person who I follow because she just keeps it so so real and she is myth busting all the time she does a taboo tuesday every Mm. single tuesday and so she'll bust some sort of myth it's really great so maybe one week it'll be about why the keto diet is really dangerous and the next week it'll be about something taboo about women uh being sexually liberated and she'll go through that so she's one of my favorite people to follow i also think it's really important to follow uh jamila jamil from the good place she's an actress struggled with an eating disorder in her teens, being a model and an actress in the public eye. And then she took some time off of it. And then she came back and now she's using her platform being on like a primetime television show to talk about this stuff. And she started a movement called I Weigh on Instagram, where she encourages people, no matter whether they're women, men, non-binary, no matter their age, to post a photo of themselves and then put a bunch of things that they weigh that are not their weight. So it could be their personality traits, the things they do, their hobbies, their career goals, um, who they are in terms of family and relationships and friends. And it's really awesome to see the diverse mix of people um, and what they like about themselves rather than like the number on the scale so there, there's an instagram account it's i underscore way um and it's run by jamila and people she shares posts from everyone who does their own i way 
and it's really, really awesome. So those are my like basic recommendations. But of course, you can branch out from there after you follow yeah. those few accounts. Um, and some of those people have stuff on YouTube or do interviews. Um, people I would recommend staying away from are anyone who's like super crazy about fitness, anyone who talks about diets. Yeah. Um, oftentimes people who are vegan on YouTube, because that was where I got a lot of my like really toxic stuff from. They promote certain subsets of veganism or veganism for health rather than veganism for moral reasons like animal rights yeah. or um, something like that. So I would be really cautious of those kinds of accounts where the identity is all wrapped up in what they eat rather than the identity being wrapped up in advocacy and who you are as a person yeah. and um, empowering others. Yeah, you were talking about um, the one Instagram page, how she was um, kind of opening up for like all genders, all. I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's kind of a stereotype behind, you know, eating disorders are mainly are only a female thing, mm -hmm. which I mean, there are a lot of females who struggle with that. Yeah. But there are a lot of males who do, too. And I think it's almost harder for them to get help or even, like, say that they need help. Because Absolutely. I think, honestly, I think there are times when guys have it harder because there's such a body image for males. Mm -hmm. Like, they have oh, to have totally. abs. They have to be tall. Yeah, men do struggle with body image issues and eating disorders, and they rarely talk about it. I, as someone who follows all these people in the body positive sphere and in the eating disorder recovery sphere on Instagram, literally follow two men. And one of them is a trans man, and that's its own thing, where trans yeah. people suffer from eating disorders yeah. at much higher rates than cis people do. Um, and yet no one talks about no. it. It took me so long to find that one account. And I was so happy. But I completely agree with what you said about the body image standard for men. And it completely comes from, I think, toxic masculinity yeah. about how men have to look a certain way and be a certain way to uphold their masculinity. And that if they don't look that way, it's uh, because they're feminine yeah. and because that's not cool. And that also is placing masculinity on a pedestal and mm -hmm. putting femininity yeah. below it, saying that feminine traits are only okay if they're in people who are assigned female birth who identify as women. Like yeah. that, that is, that's the only way that that's okay. And that masculinity is this thing that is upheld in our society as the pinnacle. I also think that heart does the same thing for men as they do for women. Um, I have friends who are always told to bulk up and get stronger in their evaluations when they don't actually need to get stronger at this point to further their careers. It's just because they need to look a certain way in order to get more roles, according to our professors. Yeah. Because um, some of my friends who are amazing dancers have been told to bulk up by their professors. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Like, he already is very muscular and he's doing such a great job. So yeah. the only reason would to be, be to satisfy the industry. Um, so I think that and I think this also raises the issue of men not being as vulnerable about their mental health because yep. vulnerability is not accepted as a male masculine quality in our society. So I feel like I see so many more women opening up about this kind of stuff than I, even about depression and anxiety and bipolar disorder and stuff like that than I do men. And I'm always shocked and also really happy when I see a man be like, hey, I have anxiety. Uh, this yeah. is what I'm doing to cope with it. So I would hope that there would be a lot more going forward, there will be more resources for men and that they'll speak up more. Um, I know there's one man who I can think of who has struggled with an eating disorder openly. He's a National Eating Disorder Association ambassador. His mm -hmm. name is Mike Marjama. He was um, on the Seattle Mariners, the baseball team. Okay. Um, he developed his eating disorder through wanting to get to the big leagues. Mm -hmm. It was through the process of, you know, getting to minor leagues. There's, he's got a whole video on YouTube about it. Um, of the whole process of how trying to be an athlete and trying to train made it so that he wasn't eating enough and that he was trying to look a certain way for his field. Yeah. Um, 
but he's doing so much better now. Now he's an advocate and he really wants to make sure that everyone knows that it, this happens to men too. So, yeah. and I feel that's where a lot of it comes from is having a goal and that like a big goal. I'm thinking, oh, I need to fix how I look to achieve that mm-hmm. goal, which isn't necessarily true most of the time. Absolutely. Um, And even last year, I started going to the gym just because I, I felt like I need I needed to mm-hmm. not even not even because I wanted to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely didn't want to yeah. go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> and I would get my friends to go with me. And I was very nagging on them. Come with me. Like you need to go too. And it was so unhealthy for me to be mm-hmm. doing that yeah. because then I was dragging them down too. What is a good way to like promote health without dragging others down I don't know how to ask this question (laughs) no I I know what you mean I think just trying to find stuff that you enjoy and like let's take exercise as the first example if you fucking hate going to the gym don't go to the gym yeah I cannot go to the gym anymore because I've only been at a time when I was trying to fix myself and when I hated my body more than anything I don't actually enjoy the gym sometimes I'd leave and I'd have a little bit of an endorphin rush and feel good but really, I was doing it to punish myself or I would do it. I'd work out a ton in the morning so that I could have a cheat day, a.k.a. a binge day mm-hmm. um, later on at night. And I would plan those out. It was just a really bad cycle for me. Um, but what I love to do is dancing. Um, yeah. And that is part of my career. So I'm really lucky that I basically have that built into my schedule. And <laughs> I personally don't have to think about exercise at all. Yeah. But when I'm at home, I like to do yoga. And I don't usually go a ton, but you know, finding those things that you actually like. So if you're not really sure, I would recommend just taking a bunch of like trying something once a week, try a new thing, like go to a yoga class and then the next week go on a hike and then the next week go to like Orange Theory um, and then just try all these different things out and see what resonates with you. Um, Mm -hmm. And then hopefully that'll help and just approach it with curiosity Uh, cast aside any, I need to look a certain way. I'm doing this to lose weight. If you even have that voice in the back of your head, you're trying to tell yourself you're doing this for positive reasons, but you're in the back of your head. You're like, oh, but like, if I find the right thing, like I'll lose like 10 pounds from this. You have to completely let that go. Um, And you might also have to not exercise until you've let that go, until you've worked through those thoughts. Um, And obviously you can do that with a therapist on your own. You can journal. There are lots of different ways to, to work through that kind of stuff. Um, and then once you found the thing you like, just doing it when your body is telling you to. So if you have a huge test coming up, I would recommend maybe not exercising. Like you're not going to die. <laughs> like, it's okay. You can go two, three weeks without going to the gym. Or if you're feeling really sick, don't exercise. Yeah. Um, really listening to your body and when it's calling you to move. Like if you've been watching TV for four hours and you just feel this like urge to get up and go somewhere, that's a great time to listen to your body and do what you want to do. Go for a walk. Go like go for a run Um, during the summertime. Also, there are lots more fun opportunities and that's coming up. So that's Mm -hmm. exciting. So you can go swimming. Um, And if you want someone to do these things with, I would recommend like trying to do those more active things like going on a a walk or going to the pool because you can make it a social event rather than, oh, my friends have to come to the gym with me. I need an accountability buddy. I don't think exercise is ever something you should be held accountable for unless it's like PT because you're injured or something like that. Like unless it's something you medically are required to do to get yourself stronger because of a disability or an injury, it shouldn't be something you're accountable for. It should just be something you do to promote your own health and well-being. Um, And I know that there are a lot of messages out there in the fitness world, especially about how many calories you burn, what kind of exercise is best. But if you really think about it, at the end of the day, there are studies that show that any kind of exercise is 
amazing for your cardiovascular health, mm -hmm. your joint health. And that in the long run is going to be way more sustainable and important to you than whether you did high intensity interval training or cardio at the gym. Yeah. So th that's my two cents on that. I think that principle can be applied to eating as well, eating the foods that you like that make your body feel good rather than subscribing to a specific plan. So like I'm vegetarian because I hate meat. That's literally the only reason. I went vegetarian for the wrong reasons because it was like kind of during the midst of the eating disorder thing. But in recovery, I've kind of unpacked all of that and realized I've hated meat since I was like five. <laughs> I literally would have my dad cut steak into little tiny bits, cut all the fat off, and I'd still find some fat that I didn't want to eat and cut it off myself. Honestly, I've hated it. <laughs> I've hated it since I was a tiny, tiny kid. And now I eat literally whatever I want and I never crave meat. But cheese, yogurt, my favorite. I eat dairy all the time. And some people might say dairy is horrible. Some people are lactose intolerant. Yeah. So, you know, trying to find what you like. I just am a vegetarian because it works for me. It's what I like to eat. But if you like eating meat, awesome. If you hate green vegetables, but you like other colors of vegetables, eat those. Um, it's finding the things that work for you that are sustainable in the long run rather than making yourself do something. Because when you force yourself to do something, you're inevitably going to quote unquote fail, but it's really not you failing. It's just the approach that you're using to get to that place that is failing you. So what are some danger words or danger phrases sort of <laughs> that people might say, not realizing that it's not really a compliment. It's more of something that can like encourage eating disorders or unhealthy living or anything along those lines. Absolutely. There's so many. My <laughs> first one that comes to mind is, oh my God, you look so skinny. Don't say that because, first of all, that's putting thinness as the ideal that we all need to meet. And uh, actually, the majority of people are not uh, thin by definition. Um, and that is actually okay. I think the reason that so many people are not thin in our society is because of diet culture. Diets don't work. 95% of diets don't work. And you either gain all the way back or more weight than you lost back. Mm -hmm. And I really think that that is the primary reason why, as a society, we our obesity rates have increased. So... It's really the system that is failing us. And also health can be achieved at any size. It's more about, um, you know, what you do and how you treat yourself rather than what you look like. So you look skinny is just feeding into that system that is causing all the problems. It can also make other people around you feel terrible. If you're telling your friend who is, let's say, a size six, that they look skinny today, your other friend who's a size 14 who's down the hall who hears you say that is going to think, wow, I don't look like that. That makes me feel terrible. Mm -hmm. And that also brings me to my next point of do not ever say, I feel fat or I look fat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those are the worst things you can say. Because again, it's if you are saying that you look fat, but you're a certain size and someone who's bigger than you hears that, they're going to feel absolutely horrible about themselves. And even I, and I recognize that I do have a lot of, quite a bit of thin privilege, but there's a girl in my class who would come into ballet and talk about how she looked fat in her leotard. And she was literally the thinnest person in the room. And we're all like, cool. So if you think you look fat, what does that make us in your eyes? Yeah. Um, and obviously now I can hear those things and not take them personally because I've worked a lot on my body image. But it just makes me, one, sad for the person who feels that way. And two, makes me angry mm -hmm. <laughs> at society and how we are so accustomed to saying these things that we don't even think about it. If you're feeling uncomfortable in your body and you want to express that, I would recommend vulnerability rather than just saying you feel fat. Fat's not a feeling. So instead of making fat a bad, assigning fat as a negative feeling, you say, I feel really uncomfortable in my body today, or I'm having some thoughts about not liking the way I look, or I feel pretty negative towards the way I look today. And that's just opening up. That's being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Then you're not assigning, necessarily assigning your looks with 
something good or bad. You're just saying this is how I'm feeling. Um, and it I can prompt people to come comfort you and help you say it's going to be okay and that you're perfect no matter what or whatever you need to hear to get through that moment. The other thing, this isn't necessarily a phrase, but just don't talk about your diet in front of other people. If you listen to this and you're on a diet and you still want to stay on your diet, that's fine. I'm not judging you. Um, just don't talk about it out in the open. If you're going to talk about it and you have to talk about it, don't only talk about it with close friends who are in support of you. And even then, I would tread lightly because they might be in support of you, but they might secretly have an eating disorder and not know it. Um, when you talk about this out in the open, it normalizes it. People always want to jump on the bandwagon and hear what you're doing. But really, you shouldn't be taking any advice from anyone on how to eat unless, I mean, don't even take advice from me because I'm not a medical professional. <laughs> uh, take it from like a registered dietitian, not even a nutritionist, because someone can be a nutritionist with an online certification course. Yeah. Whereas a registered dietitian had to go get a degree in it. And, you know, just trying to trying the keto diet because your friend was talking about it at work is not cool. Um, not necessarily judging you specifically if you did that, but like, it's not cool that that is happening in our society. Yeah. So if you are on a diet, please keep it to yourself. Um, don't talk about it at mealtime. Don't talk about it at family gatherings, Thanksgiving, because you never know what someone is going through. Mm -hmm. Um, additionally, don't comment on other people's meals or your own meal while you are eating, because that can be really triggering for someone who does have an eating disorder or promote things that are not super helpful. Um, I think it's just all about making sure that you keep in mind that people around you are going through things and you never know. And this is something I've learned over and over and over again in life. I always forget and I always have to relearn it. But this is goes all the way beyond eating disorders. Really keep in mind that someone might be really struggling with their body image, really struggling with food, and you have absolutely no idea. They might seem like a fitness queen and posting all about their workouts on Instagram, but really they're binging behind closed doors. And you would just never know. And I, I think something like 30 million Americans have been diagnosed with an eating disorder. And there are probably more than that who have it and haven't sought help. Yeah. So it's a lot of people, especially if you're in like performance art spheres or an athletic sphere, you're going to be with a lot, a lot of people who had eating disorders. And I still at heart will find out because, you know, I, I, I feel not to brag, but I feel like I kind of set off like a snowball effect. I was the first one to post publicly about having an eating disorder. And since then, there have been like seven or eight people. And it's a small program, so that yeah. might not seem like a lot, but it is who've continually posted about it. And I think those numbers are only going to grow. And I've had people who haven't posted about it, but message me directly after I post them and being like, hey, I've really struggled with this too. It's honestly like a big chunk of people in our program who feel this way and who struggle with it. So, you know, if you're in those kinds of spheres or just general life, you probably are going to be in a room with someone who struggled with an eating disorder, whether you know it or not. So just be really cautious of what you say and what you promote around other people. So making sure that compliments that you give are more um, based on personality rather than what the person looks like. Or if someone lost weight, just okay, don't comment on it. They lost weight. Who knows why? Um, or if someone's gained weight, especially don't comment on it. Yeah. But I feel like most people in society know that to a certain extent. Yeah. It's more, I feel like I hear that more from like friends and family commenting mm -hmm. on that rather than like a your acquaintance or your classmate uh, or your coworker kind of thing. But, you know, just keeping in mind that everyone struggles and you never know what they're struggling with and just really keep an open mind and hear people out when they express that they're struggling. Oh, this was very educational, honestly, <laughs> even, even just for me. I, I'm very thankful for this conversation. And Yay. I hope oh, that awesome. a lot of people hear this so the word gets out about mm -hmm. ways to be healthy in a healthy way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so thank you so much, yeah, Maddie. Yeah, of course. Thank you.